Do you know more about Real Housewives than you do about your own family? Do you have strong opinions about Cody Brown's move to Flagstaff? I know I do. If that also sounds like you, then this is the podcast for all your reality TV pleasures. Recaps of episodes, reality TV news, and whatever I may feel like sprinkling in between. Come along with me, your host, Catherine, on my adventures in reality TV. Hello, everybody. Episode 4. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) So thank you again to everybody who listened to my episode last week about the first episode of Sister Wives from the new season. Wow, we saw a lot, didn't we? (laughs) Um, This week I'm going to cover the second episode just because um, there's a lot of momentum going with the show and there's just this season is going to be really good and I kind of wanted to get ahead this week in terms of putting out an episode like right after the episode came out. A lot of other podcasts are doing the same and not that I have anywhere near the same following as them. It's just kind of want to get on that same schedule so people looking for new Sister Wives content and stuff can find me and, you know, maybe I'll get a few downloads. I definitely noticed an uptick last week in my episodes, which was really cool. I did not expect people to, to find me as much. I mean, Guten Tag to the three downloads in Germany. Um, and hello, down under, to the one person in Australia. And R.I.P. Queen Elizabeth to the one UK pr- listener. So, yeah, I guess we're, we're globetrotting all over the world on this podcast, huh? <laughs> so, before I jump into the second episode of Sister Wives that came out this week, I wanted to talk about a few TV things I've also been enjoying on other streaming platforms, other things that are coming out soon that I'm excited about, that type of stuff. So on Netflix, I started watching Sins of Our Mother, which is like a mini docuseries about the Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell murder case. And um, I had listened to a few podcasts about this before and just kind of like briefly knew that it was a murder case and Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell were these was this couple that kind of like met and somehow got involved in some kind of fringe culties type of stuff and next thing you know Lori Vallow's fifth husband ends up dead not that all five of her husbands died that she had been married I think like five times and um, her fifth husband ends up dead then Chad Daybell's wife ends up dead their kids go missing it's it's a very wild wild ride but it's a really interesting true crime docuseries so if you're into that type of stuff it's called sins of our mother on netflix i think i'm on episode two there's three episodes to it and so i think i just started episode two um and so yeah like you actually talk to Lori vallow's family and like her oldest son and Lori vallow's mother and like a bunch of people who knew the two of them and just yeah i thought it was i think it was very good and i didn't know a ton about the case I'd only heard of the names and a little bit about like their background and that type of stuff so if you're into that thing I highly recommend it and then also Netflix this is the weekend of Netflix coming out with with some good shit season two of love is blind after the altar is out so later this week um, just a little personal information it's my birthday this week on Wednesday do you remember 
the 21st night of September. Do, do, do. Love was changing our minds forever. Anyways, yes, so my birthday is this week. So later on in the week, which, you know, will be a little bit behind. The show's been out for a few days now. I'm going to put out a little recap. Not for, like, each episode, because there's three episodes in the After the Altar, but probably just, like, an overall recap of the three episodes. But then also, I saw that the third season of Love is Blind is going to be out in October. Um, So I think they released a trailer for it the same day that the After the Altar episodes released on Friday. Now, this is my one gripe with, with Love is Blind now. Like... Obviously, at this point, we know the show should be called, like, Love is Becoming an Influencer. <laughs> because, like, most of the people on this show, and it was very obvious in season two, like, they just used this show to pretend they fell in love and then happen to gain 100,000 Instagram fl- followers and start a podcast. Like, I mean, that's literally what all of them are doing. <laughs> and I mean, hey, no shade get those bags boo-boos but I do know I have I have my wall up and my my sensibilities going into the third season um which I wasn't as quick to come to realize in season two but um these people probably are not necessarily genuinely looking for love and maybe they're looking for love on the gram that's all but uh I'm still I'm still ready to see these people embarrass the fuck out of themselves and others on Netflix so Let's go! (laughs) And then, last little thing is switching over to the Bravo TV world. The trailer, and I think I shared this on my Instagram story. Follow us at Adventures in Reality TV. If you search on Instagram, Adventures in Reality TV, you'll find us. Find me. And the trailer for the new season of Real Housewives of Potomac dropped. And it looks really, really good. That premieres October 9th. And so I'm really excited. I will definitely be covering episodes of that because we finally, and we heard about this on social media a while back, but Ashley Darby is leaving that dirty, watery-eyed bulldog husband of hers, Michael Darby. But then also we saw in the preview she may buy a house with him. She's, She's a mess. But also, Ashley, it looks like from the trailer, is starting some shit with old candy ass's husband um and possibly there's some inappropriate text messages and then we also see a legendary freak out from our grand dame karen and then maybe a little cancer scam or people not believing someone has cancer so yeah that looks good i'm excited can't wait for that i've i've been kind of on a lull with Housewives, like, I've been following Beverly Hills, um, and the season was good a bit, not recap-worthy, and everybody kept talking online, like, oh, there's gonna be this big moment that happens on Beverly Hills, shit's gonna pop off, well, that kind of happened this week on the episode, and it, they waited until the end of the episode to tell us that Kathy Hilton, yes, Kathy Hilton, Paris Hilton's mother, um, like, freaks out at some bar or club they go to and apparently there's rumors that she calls like a waiter the f slur she freaks out on kyle um her sister and like 
it, it, they pretty much saved it for the end of this week's episode and like showed a little bit of a text message exchange between Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane saying that like Kathy Hilton showed her real self and she had so much hatred come spitting out of her. So that's like what we've been hearing rumors about for the last like couple of months and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, waiting for the payoff. But knowing that Potomac is coming back, I feel so happy. Like, I feel like I'm going to be satisfied in my housewife's soul again because I love these ladies and they just always bring it. So that would be, would be very nice to see. So now, I guess that's pretty much all I had in other TV besides Sister Wives. Um, let me know if there's other TV you're watching or that you're liking ask if I like it, give me your thoughts, maybe suggest it, and I, I'm always kind of, like, pondering TV shows that I would like to watch, reality, scripted, whatever, um, you know, throw it at me, let's talk about it. So let's get into the second episode of Sister Wives, um, and Cody is still reeling from Christine putting her foot down and being honest that he sucks (laughs) and of course Cody has no idea how Christine could ever find any fucking fault in him you know it's Cody's just been perfect all he's been doing is protecting his family from COVID okay (laughs) um so we get right into the episode I I don't really need to recap anything because pretty much it's all just stuff about Christine wanting to leave Cody and and so we're following through with the result of their conversation from last week and in this episode we actually start with a talking head of Janelle and we know that her whole family caught COVID a fucking year and a half ago (laughs) it's funny they made it out to be in these episodes like (gasps) Janelle caught COVID will she live knowing this footage is a year and a half old And yes, we have seen Janelle on Instagram. We've seen the kids on Instagram. They lived, okay? Thankfully, thankfully. Because I don't know if this was before vaccination. I'm assuming this was like March 2021. So it's like, God damn it, TLC. Someone should be arrested. It's like criminally bad how behind they are with this footage. But shocker, you know, cliffhanger we were left on. Janelle does survive COVID. And... (laughs) I love the way that she words this. Janelle says, her and her family tried to follow CDC guidelines. Garrison got COVID first from leaving the house for work and stuff. Yes, and stuff. (laughs) And then it obviously spread through the house like COVID does. Thankfully, Janelle only had mostly like bad flu symptoms for four to five days. And then, of course, Cody wasn't around, so he didn't get it. And then it goes to Cody in a talking head. And you know that motherfucker has to feel so good because he says they were able to contain it by keeping the household separate. And I'm sure he does not let anyone forget about that. I'm sure all throughout 2021, he was reminding the entire family, like, you know, the reason why we didn't spread COVID throughout the entire family is because we kept Janelle and her kids separate. (laughs) So, yeah. And I also need to preface again, I am very pro covid safety measures i am very pro vaccine i do not understand why people will not get vaccinated covid is a hundred percent real my criticisms of cody and his rigidness with covid is that he is holding on to 
him being safe for COVID is the only reason why his family is falling apart and not anything else he's done for maybe like 25 years. So that's my biggest concern. I just want to preface because I can see how sometimes it comes across like I'm mocking Cody for being scared of COVID and I'm not. Trust me, I that is not as much of the issue. What I'm I'm mostly mocking him for is that he says he's scared of COVID, but then also like obviously picks and chooses where he takes his risks and it's usually with Robin's kids and it's obvious he has been very distant and has not been around for his family long before COVID. <laughs> so he really can't use that as an excuse and that's why I find it hilarious. But either way. So we then get back a shot of Robin's house where obviously Cody always is and then Cody starts like lamenting that he says he needs a private place to collect his thoughts at Robin's house and you know be by himself you know jack off whatever (laughs) just saying so so I think to make Cody appear as you know this like horribly displaced man we see him filming himself in a walk-in closet and I'm thinking to myself doesn't Robin have like seven bedrooms in this house like you don't have one spare bedroom because, like, even if all of their kids, they have five kids and they all have their own room, and then Robin and Cody's room, that's one extra bedroom. So, why is Cody in a closet? They, we need to figure out their use of space. But either way, Cody is feeling slighted, and, you know, he's he's saying that you, Christine went to Utah two weeks before that, and then two weeks later she's going back, and, of course, Cody's holding this as his torch to why, you know... He hasn't been around Christine because she just keeps traveling during COVID. Again, we know that from the last episode, Christine has been saying this is a long problem for like 10 or 12 years before COVID. So, you know, Cody keeps <laughs> keeps clinging on to that, like I said. And we get just more kind of nonsense of Cody in a talking head. He says he hasn't been in a good place about the conversation that we saw last week. And he's shocked and angry yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he's shocked and angry because Christine finally called him out. And then, like, I love when they show the flashback photos of the younger Cody and his wives, and Christine and him especially, and <laughs> Cody says that, like, he's, quote, reflecting on the drama in his head and the things done wrong, the could-have-beens, the blames, the refusal in his own head to take any accountability for what has happened. So... Then Cody also admits that he has struggled to take Christine seriously about her complaints in the past. So, for a second I was like, wait, is Cody actually admitting that, like, he hasn't taken any accountability? And it, it, we almost seem like we're getting a glimmer of that acknowledgement, but then throughout the rest of the episode he doesn't accept any fault, and he keeps going on about the reason he isn't around is because people aren't taking COVID seriously. Ugh. So then Christine in a talking head points out that even though she said Cody couldn't sleep at her house, he still could hang out with the kids. It doesn't mean she can't see the kids. And even though that's the case, like he hasn't been around anymore or any less. And essentially like truly their youngest hasn't even noticed. And then this is the first that we get of Robin chiming in in a talking head on her fucking high horse. Robin is just galloping through Coyote Pass on her saintly high horse this episode. And she goes, 
it's weird when sister wives are like where's cody where's he going and robin just says he's going oh my god yeah robin he's going going back to your house every night to take care of the kids he has with you like oh my god she acts so stupid and it's it's almost kind of like pick me energy and this is coming from somebody who used to be a pick me in high school and like early college and hung out with a lot of pick me girls that like you act like oh these girls are just complaining me though i just understand why he's not doing the things that i think he should you know he's just going it's like shut up you know he you just say that because he's always on the run going back to you and she just tries to act like such a pious prick you know and you know in robin's mind if everybody else was just as understanding of cody's lack of time they would have a better marriage too you know (laughs) and then we get some flashback footage of cody in las vegas pretending to be the the six million dollar man running between the houses in the cul-de-sac and robin then again in a uh, talking head oh my god she's she just keeps doubling down on being this asshole she says even back in vegas people were always complaining about time of course robin never did though and then mary she chimes in and says frantically or over this footage of cody like frantically running mary is like yeah even from the beginning cody was always on the bit was always busy and she just wishes he would be more present and then she just realized that's him and i'm thinking to myself like so he was always like this even when like he had one wife and no kids (laughs) okay i feel like cody is like a stereotypical adult adhd candidate like he gives me manic kid that needs two fidget spinners in his hand energy at all time he reminds me of that type of kid (laughs) um and then robin keeps going people always think cody isn't being fair with his time but he is the other wives just aren't tracking it because they're struggling and i'm like wait so they don't notice cody's being fair with his time because they aren't tracking it what she makes and so then robin also thinks you know they don't want to notice his effort when they're struggling and the others are happy okay bitch janelle then says she couldn't live in cody's world because it's way too scattered very true i agree with her on that (laughs) and then janelle says that she knows cody uses his car as an office most of the time and like for what business we do not know like seriously what does cody all do all day and janelle even says the same thing she says that on nights that he's at her house he doesn't usually get home until about 6 p.m but she knows most nights he's staying at robin's to help with her younger kids and this is even better janelle says that during the day she really doesn't even know what cody is doing like <laughs> your own wives that you have children with I'm sure Robin knows what the fuck he's doing all day. He's probably, like, off at Christine's house when she's out of town and sits there while nobody's home. And then Robin is like, oh, yeah, Cody's gone all day. And he's probably dicking around doing nothing. <laughs> um, and then this is this just made me laugh so fucking hard. Robin again in her talking head. Robin has the is just off her fucking rocker in these, these talking heads this week. She says that 
Her and Cody have a lot going on during the day, so that is why they have the nanny. So the nanny can help Robin, and so Robin doesn't have to ask Cody because he has such a big family and so many responsibilities. So, are we saying, Robin, that Cody has too many kids and he can't take care of all of them? Yes, we know that. We've known that since season one. And that's a problem that Janelle had with you coming into the family because there was even more mouths to feed and more resources and more time that was going to be needed. Also, Robin, you don't want to ask your husband for help? I call bullshit. (laughs) Like... We know. It's such a main fact in the story. The wives know Cody is with Robin most of the time. His house has been home-based throughout all of COVID because he has said he can't potentially expose himself to COVID and then not be able to help Robin's kids. Once again, she's just trotting on her high horse with her nanny in tow saying, look at me. Look at, I have a nanny, so I don't need help. Even though... I get this nanny that's outside of the house, and Cody's around all the fucking time. What's wrong with you bitches? <laughs> oh, she really showed her ass this this week this week for sure. So then we we go back to a shot of Cody recording in his closet of solace, and he says to the camera that Christine has told him that the kids don't want to be around him, and again, Cody contradicts himself and says he's been home all year. That he hasn't been doing business stuff. He hasn't traveled or seen any... What business? Because also then, what we heard in last episode was that Cody is busy and he has to work all the time. And he doesn't have the same amount of time to play like Christine does. So what is it? You don't have time. You're always on the go and you're super busy. Or you've been home all year and you haven't been doing business stuff. Also, side note. A lot of people on Reddit and Instagram and stuff have been wondering, like, what is this business? Because we don't have any knowledge. Like, Cody does not talk about what his business is, but there's been some evidence, allegedly, and some pictures of him that I think he sells guns at gun shows. And what's funny is when you see him at these gun shows, they're fucking crowded. Um, They're in red-ass Republican Arizona where nobody wears fucking masks and doesn't look like he's social distancing himself. So, (laughs) again, Cody, what are you doing? But yeah, like, and if you don't know that, if you aren't looking up stuff online and, and hearing kind of the rumors and stuff like that, then you would have no idea, like, what does Cody do all day? As far as we know, he makes money from this show and like driving around in his little Lexus coupe pretending he has things to do on Coyote Pass and like making up like blueprint plans for massive houses he's never going to build. That's all we see Cody do all day. Okay. Huh. Either way, Cody is too dense to realize he contradicts himself every fucking second. And that's the beauty of Sister Wives and why we've been watching for 17 seasons again, you know? And I really want to say like good job to the editors for putting this on display because it really they're doing a good job of just showing the holes in Cody's logic and just like his way of defending his shit use of time (laughs) and we go back to Christine and a talking head and she says that it's sad to see the differences between Cody 
with her kids at her house versus Robin's house with Robin's kids and she just says like Cody's just disengaged with her family she's not he's not around and you know Christine again says her kids love to go hiking and kayaking and Cody only went with them hiking once and showed up with Robin's kids because he was quote babysitting them they like to use that term Cody and and Christine use the term babysitting I hate that term and I've heard a lot of mothers say that too like I hate that term of saying that dads babysit their kids like no dads take care of their kids so then um super dad of the year Cody says you know it isn't normal for him to babysit his kids again with the baby but (laughs) then Cody has to emphasize that he is the hardest working man on the world quote he grew up on a farm and was always working and you know He's always working. Like, we've always seen him working these last 17 seasons on what? My sister wife's closet, making his wives get real estate licenses, licenses, having his wives join a bunch of MLMs. Hmm. Yeah. Also, like, nothing is more, and this is probably just like a me thing, nothing is more obnoxious than someone who brags that they work more than anyone. And so, like, they can't have free time because... They're just working too hard. Everyone else that has to have that gets to have free time, you're just not working hard enough, okay? And that's the exact mentality that Cody brings into this. And it's like, no, you aren't too busy working. You have shit time man- management skills and too many kids. That's why you have no free time, you asshat. It's like, ugh, his pompous ass high horse. Same thing with Robin. It's ugh. So then Cody continues with his great reasoning and he says he doesn't hike or go kayaking or that stuff really with anyone and continues to defend himself by saying he's really good at watching the kids it's just most of the time he doesn't because it's easier to pay $20 an hour for someone to babysit than lose $200 from an hour from the business he has at hand yes Cody said that (laughs) you know because making $200 an hour again doing what is more valuable than the quality time with your kids, Cody. I'm curious, though, if he feels that way about Robin's kids. I'm very curious. <laughs> and then, um, back again to Christine in A Talking Head. She mentions to us that Isabel and her her older daughters, Isabel and Gwen, have talked to her a lot about how they see, essentially, their parents' marriage is really broken and that must have been really hard for them to like see Christine and Cody deal with that and Isabel and Gwen have pointed out like mom it must have been really tough to see the wives all together and like yikes that's got to be really tough to hear your kids say that and (laughs) then back to Robin she says that the complaints about her being favorite isn't new and that people have always been commenting that Cody spends more time with her but you know plural marriage is hard on her too And it's, you know, probably hard on her in the rare moments that she's treated like the rest of her sister wives and Cody isn't around. (laughs) And anyways, um, Cody back in the closet, he is happy that Savannah, Janelle, the rest of Janelle's kids are safe. But he like, he then goes, I could think, I think I can go back to Janelle's house in 10 or 15, maybe 10 or 14, 10 or 20. I gotta get it straight seriously in Cody's mind I bet he wishes it's 10 to 20 days and like this man he's (laughs) he's essentially saying like so I 
think it can be like a couple more weeks until I get into I can go back to Janelle's house. You know, just a just a couple more weeks. And now they start putting on their thinking caps of what does this mean for our immunity? Do we have 90 days? Do we have this? And you know they're kind of Robin and Cody are now formulating in their heads. All right, what's now our next excuses to to be against going around any of these people? Um, so, yeah, I just, it's, I'm so sick of this. Like, show me footage of when these people are vaccinated. TLC, this is too old a footage. I, I, early 2021 is like 10 years ago at this point to me now. We got to keep it pushing. I need to see these people vaccinated and and moving the fuck on not worrying about immunity times after ke- anyways cody says that uh they're learning during these covid times that one family's member one family member's actions you know christine's in his mind or one of janelle's kids uh will affect the whole family and then on the flip side christine in a talking head says yes in fact cody's actions are hurting the whole family it's true <laughs> nice little tit for tat there, I have to say. Now, I will say, Christine was traveling around a lot around people who probably were not taking serious COVID precautions, a la McKelty and Tony. <laughs> and then also same with Janelle's boys, because we remember all last season, Gabe, he would not give up his social life, you know. I mean, he was going out, he was probably getting laid for the first time smoking weed with his friends in college and you know which is not conducive during covid time sorry bud (laughs) but you know cody is saying that christine has been unhappy with him just because he won't be around her after she's been traveling and we know that isn't what christine's point is so back to a talking head with robin she says that cody's house has been her 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 house has been cody's you know home base by default because of the decisions other wives are making. Oh my god, god damn it, Robin. <laughs> but then uh, she also gives us a little insight into how angry Cody's been because of all this. And Robin says she loves Cody dearly, but this isn't what she chose. <laughs> okay. So she then goes on to say like Cody is really stressed out by his other relationships. And Robin says it's not that fun to be around him anyways. <laughs> so she's like essentially being like you guys stop pissing him off because i'm around him all the time and it sucks and then robin goes off to say that he's an angry man and he's struggling with what's going on which is probably a good thing that we don't talk about that he sells guns at gun shows cool anyways um robin then elaborates more that she's never seen him before like this with the stuff that's going on with christine Probably because he's never taken Christine seriously before, and now Christine is actually saying, I'm fucking gone. And anyways, Robin says, you know, she misses her husband because he's not himself. It's like, well, no shit. All of Cody's wives miss him. Duh. Which is also wild to think. Imagine, I can't believe there's four women. Well, three women, technically, that, like, miss Cody Brown's presence. That's, ugh, what a world. So, um, again, Robin, the ultimate angelic peacemaker, says that she has tried to talk to the sister wives and COVID about, and Cody, I keep calling him COVID, about 
the stuff and no one's willing so she feels very helpless and then we go back to christine's house and again um I guess her and Cody need to, like, touch base on a few more things. And so, according to Cody, this conversation took place four weeks after the conversation we saw in the first episode, where Christine said, like, hey, your boxes are packed up because I'm done. And Cody then admits that he's worried he's on the edge of just losing his shit. Cool. Great to hear that. And, I mean, we will see that at some point later on in the season. Remember the the knife in my kidneys from the trailer. Um, and he's then saying, you know, Christine is the passage gate for me to get to my children. It's like, no, there was no, like, door you had to get through. Your kids have been around all along. You just didn't spend time with them. So um, he kind of sits down and tells Christine he's like, has a lot of introspection about how they aren't going to be together and you know he wonders if letting Christine go or like giving her permission to go is a d- mistake and Christine again is just like you gotta it, it's okay you gotta let me go you gotta let me go and Cody again is trying to argue like will the kids be damaged by this like no Cody your kids are already fucking damaged because they realize that you aren't around like <laughs> And, I, and that's kind of the point that Christine makes, too, that, like, it, and she makes this point later on, I should say, is that, like, her older kids already know that this was a bad thing, and so she's trying to take her youngest out of the situation before she clues in to, like, how unhappy her mom is. <laughs> Duh! Um, and so Cody assumes that they would have, Christine would have reached her breaking point, and then they would have gotten counseling. Of course, in his mind, he doesn't think, oh, maybe we should have gotten counseling before that breaking point is reached. But Cody doesn't understand that in Christine's mind, she reached her breaking point and was like, nah, I'm done. (laughs) Like, you don't want to have an intimate relationship with me anymore, and you say you're not attracted to me anymore. That's my breaking point, dog. (laughs) Um, And then Christine points out in a talking head that, like, they had that initial conversation about not having an intimate marriage so that was in last season months before they had the conversation that we saw in episode one last week so if cody wanted counseling and wanted to pursue counseling which they could have done online he could have but clearly that's not what he wants to do and christine knows that you know and then cody is like christine looks at me like get him away from me it's like you're so dramatic no she's just done with you she's got the ick from you for sure but like go away so um you know they kind of go back and forth christine does say that she thought they'd be together forever um and cody asks if she felt relief when she decided to leave and christine immediately says yes and christine then says she wished she said she left in vegas and never even came to flagstaff damn which we all kind of knew And then we hear again from Cody that he's had three wives threaten to leave him throughout all of his marriages. Um, that's great. Sounds, sounds great, Cody. And we get a talking head again from Christine, and she says that she chose plural marriage at a really young age, and she just thought she would always live it. You know, when you're 20 years old and you make decisions, 
you think that you're going to want to make those decisions for the rest of your life. And ah, chances are you don't. <laughs> and um, this was really sad when she said this. She said, like, plural marriage was really hard. And at the time, she thought it was just okay that it was hard and that it was okay to be sad. And I can relate to it. Like, that feeling of, like, oh, maybe it's just, like, okay to feel this way. When really, it's like, you shouldn't. And she said that she was probably a lot more sad than she thought. And, uh, you know, she tried and she tried. And she did find joy in some things. But ultimately, like, plural marriage was was really tough. So it's like, that was tough to hear. Like, she probably spent so many years, like, trying and just being like, I guess my life is just to be sad. So, like, even more kudos that she's getting out there and doing the damn thing. So, um... We get back to Janelle's perspective. I always like to get a fresh perspective from Janelle. And she says that she thinks Cody and Christine have struggled for a long time. And this was probably inevitable and not really a situation that was going to be repaired. Very practical from our queen Janelle. Also because we know too, like, Christine has filled Janelle in the most about her troubles with Cody. I don't think she had told her, like, oh, I'm leaving, but she at least has told Janelle about like yeah Cody's an asshole I'm really unhappy then Mary the fucking goof (laughs) I don't think she hears what comes out of her mouth sometimes she says quote she personally looks at plural marriage like any other marriage and that if the parties involved aren't interested or willing to do it you know there's not a whole lot else that can be done Mary do you hear yourself you are describing exactly what Cody has said to you. Unwilling and not interested. You, This man let you legally divorce him. And was like, yeah, I guess you can stay around. Do you hear yourself? Oh my god. The editors, again, they're doing them dirty. They're slipping that in. Oh man. that ugh, Poor Mary. That's just too bad. But also fucking funny. So... Then we get back to um, Robin, the ultimate savior and ever-giving saint of the family. She says that plural marriage is very hard, and so that's why you can't get lazy in it. And you have to choose it every day. You have to want everyone in the family to be as happy as you, and that's the only way it can be done successfully. And you know what? Robin, of course, is the perfect sister wife. She's always choosing someone else's happiness. You know it. Only just like Christine has done for 25 fucking years. Like, mmm. Again, Robin on her fucking high horse. Just gloop, gloop. I can't make a, a trotting noise, but, you know, like, get this bitch in the Kentucky Derby. She is on her high horse. All right, we're back at Christine's again. As you can tell, um, with Sister Wives, it's literally just a mashup of people giving talking heads and then conversations between other members of the family. So when I'm like going back and forth, it's literally because like, oh, here's a talking head of Robin. Oh, back to the conversation with Cody and Christine. Oh, back to a talking head of Cody. Back to a talking head of Cody in the closet. Back to a talking head of Janelle. Oh, back. So I apologize if it seems like when I give these recaps, they're all over the place. But that is an episode of, of Sister Wives. <laughs> um, so anyways, back to the conversation of with Christine and Cody. I think Cody kind of turns on his little bit of like schmoozing manipulation. And maybe it's genuine. 
but he says he apologizes for being angry when Christine told him she wants to be free and Christine says that's very sweet of him and she mentions she's grateful that he's actually being real and not angry and in the talking head we go back to Cody saying this is a major injustice that has been done to him you know the most persecuted injustice man Cody Brown and back when you're then he says to Christine he's trying to get to a place where he can rejoice in her happiness okay <laughs> and then Christine says that's the sweetest thing he said to her in years which yikes that's not great good thing you're leaving um and then you know get more into Christine explaining you know she needs to leave the family and you know maybe it is just she's the problem with the family I doubt it is but you know she's she's essentially saying like she needs to leave she know she needs to to get out of here and Cody again is saying like he used to always tell people if you aren't happy you can leave aka you know marry if you aren't happy you can leave but she never did but uh I don't think he ever expected that oh you can leave me if you're unhappy like just the controlling narcissism again and then we get a flashback to season 16 to isabel christine one of christine's daughter christine and cody's daughter's back surgery remember she had really bad scoliosis that was incredibly painful and had needed to have surgery done for it for probably a couple of years that they had put off and um essentially they got to the point where she needed to have surgery and it was during covid times and cody didn't accompany isabel and christine to the surgery because he considered them traveling for the surgery as vacation that was his words during the during the season and then the same surgery earlier in the season cody suggested isabel go to alone because Cody couldn't be at risk of catching COVID. And so if Christine went, he couldn't be around Christine as well. So at least if Isabel went alone as a minor across the country to get back surgery. Because Cody could not go and spend the time quarantining, go for surgery, and then quarantining again from Robin's kids. So that, again, it comes back all to the point of that Cody cannot be away for that long from Robin's kids. Mm-mm-mm. And then, like, they show this old footage of Isabel on her way to the surgery, and she's wearing her dad's sweatpants and hoodie. And, like, the doctors were surprised to hear that Cody wasn't going to be at all, going to be there at all. And, like, just it really shitty look on Cody. And... Christine explains in the talking head, like, from that situation, Christine realized, like, she could do this by herself and she will be just fine. And I think for a long time she probably was hoping, like, I, I, for a long time she was probably really unhappy and scared that she couldn't do it without Cody. But then, like, we heard in the last episode, through COVID, she realized, like, no, I'm fine by myself. I don't need you. Um... And then Cody is telling Christine that the last few weeks when he's gone to Christine's Truly has been really happy to see Cody. And Christine says that she hasn't told Truly anything because she really doesn't notice any difference, which, again, is sad. <laughs> and um, in a talking head, Christine says that Truly doesn't really notice a difference at all. And, like, 
she's at the age where she's had friends that have parents that have gotten divorced and she's explained it like you know like a typical 10 year old would of like it's the worst thing in the world and obviously christine because of that is like really scared to tell her about what's going on that's that's got to be tough and then christine or i'm sorry cody again in a talking head putting all the blame on christine and goes she decided to make this decision without consulting me um she made the decision to leave you yes because she's a free human cody and that conversation you guys had in last week's episode is consulting you and then cody again says there was no fair representation of him in this decision or relationship (laughs) i love his terms like injustice and fair representation this man he's just (laughs) oh cody so back to christine in a talking head it's been months since cody said there was going to be no more intimacy and you know she just can't keep waiting for him to be present and to be a good dad and all that stuff and just more of like cody not understanding why he can't let this go and obviously he's having a hard time letting go of control and then he says he needs some like grief counseling and which i mean isn't a bad idea and then he says like he doesn't understand why he isn't able to let it go it curls his toes does i don't think cody knows what that means (laughs) oh man and then more uh cody talks in his talking head that he's been on this purpose with his family for 30 years to create a stable loving home for his four wives and all their children and he doesn't know what to think after she that bitch he didn't say that bitch but he says she shattered it again it was christine she shattered this whole image of their family that bitch (laughs) and Christine again is just trying to reason with Cody like why can't be we be friends you know why can't we just just be peaceful with each other and Cody admits he's not really interested in being a, in a place of friendship with her like sure whatever but like you are going to have to co-parent with her because you have a kid that's a minor so Cody again is just like trying to be a petulant child and blame Christine you know she did this and then <laughs> Cody again with his his flawless logic (laughs) in his talking head he says he's married to two divorced women and she knows the opinions of quote that guy (laughs) because uh janelle was married before to mary's brother yeah small world and then also robin was married before and that's how she has her three oldest kids that cody adopted and so cody says he doesn't want christine to find a new man and then go complaining all around the country about how cody is a bad guy (laughs) does cody not realize he's on tv already showing the country that he's a bad guy (laughs) like so it's you know all about cody's ego and how he comes off and so yeah that's just it's really funny to me he was he's married to two divorced women all right and he knows the opinions of that guy we, know, we all know how the X sounds, okay? <laughs> um, Christine, again, is like, you're, you're going to have to be okay with me moving to Utah. And Cody says, nope, not really. And Cody asks where in uh, Utah she wants to move. And she says the Salt Lake City area, which is, I guess, eight hours away from Flagstaff. And 
Um, Cody has a problem with that because of Truly, and it's like, will you really even see Truly that much less than you did being in Utah? And then, I don't know anything about Utah, but I hear some, I think this was some shade at St. George. Cody asks, why can't she move somewhere closer in Utah, like St. George? Christine immediately goes with, gross, I will not live in St. George. (laughs) I'm, I don't know anything about Utah, except there's a lot of Mormons and Salt Lake City, and it's actually a very beautiful state. But I guess St. George is gross. I'm also curious, isn't Robin from St. George? Maybe that's why she doesn't like it. <laughs> um, and then back to a talking head with Cody. He's saying, like, again, he's just disgusted with Christine for having this idea that she's going to take Truly and move to Utah. And, and then he gets on his... Cody, the noted men's right advocate, he gets on his, his podium in his mind and starts going on that he knows men do not win in the divorce world. He's done his research. His words, that's what he says. Of course, last episode, he didn't even know if Christine could take Truly to live somewhere else. Remember, he said, Christine can't take Truly away from me. I don't think. (laughs) Excuse me. Christine comes back to the point, and I, I think I mentioned this earlier, that she just wants to surround Truly in a loving family, and that really isn't in Utah because they're not around people. And so she wants to get away from the situation before Truly understands and is clued into what's actually going on like her older kids are. Because her older kids are now starting to tell Cody, like, yeah, asshole, you aren't around. Even before even before COVID. Um, and then Cody tries to argue to Christine, well, she does have a community here, but she's just not allowed to access it because you're traveling to Utah around people who aren't quarantining. Sure. But also, like, she didn't have that community at all in Flagstaff, like, even before COVID started. So, that argument is kind of moot. And then we go back to a uh, talking head of Robin, and she says, when they first moved to Flagstaff, she was surprised at how the cohesiveness of the family fell apart. Yeah, no shit. Like, you all went from living in a cul-de-sac all next door to each other in Vegas to all spread across the city of Flagstaff and then Cody spent all of his time at your house, Robin. No shit the cohesiveness of the family fell apart. (laughs) And then Christine, in her talking head, says she doesn't think the family's been functional for a while, which is probably more of the truth. And we then get another two seconds of Mary saying that um, when the kids were younger, they all needed each other more, and now it's just weird to see how their relationships have changed. I don't think Mary brings any, like, insight to this, except, like, yeah, you needed a lot more help from each other when your kids were young. Okay. <laughs> um, and then Cody, for some reason, thinks this makes him sound good and tells Christine that he has always loved her, but he's not always been in love with her. And, like, Christine just says, exactly, that's why she's leaving. And... You know, she goes into this whole thing, like, oh, she's was always in love with him, and she remembers being smitten with him, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't really care about that. Um, and then they get into, like, they need to tell the sister wives about this, or Christine needs to explain to the sister wives that she's leaving, and, you know, she doesn't want to burn bridges when they all talk to her about this. And then, probably in the 
the grossest moment yet of Cody on this season. In his talking head, he says, quote, he doesn't want to seem unmanly, so he doesn't want to bring up to his other wives, hey, one of my wives is leaving me. Because, yeah, in Cody's mind, it's unmanly to talk to your wife about what's going on in your life. You know, that's such, you know, such a pussy. Talk about shit, man. Ugh. Gotta be manly. <laughs> but, obviously, Christine needs to sit down and talk with everybody, Cody included, so that they can tell everybody what they've discussed, like, adults. <laughs> and you can tell, like, Cody doesn't quite understand why he needs to be there, and... Christine is like, you need to be there because people need to know, like, we are, I am leaving and we have already talked about this. This isn't the first time that I'm just bringing it up to all of you. And I can see why Cody is trying, I don't say I can see, but I, I'm, I think I know the reasoning why Cody doesn't want to is because he knows if he isn't there and Christine can't immediately say I've already talked to Cody about this I've already that it will make her look bad to the other wives especially Robin and Mary so I I can see this little this little bit in Cody's mind where he's he's trying to make Christine's exit out of this family as messy as possible I think so that she looks as bad as possible leaving Mm, mm, you dirty 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 (laughs) um and so again christine says that like janelle knows more than anyone about her struggles with cody but she does not know that she's like planning to leave cody and cody um again does not understand why she needs to tell these ladies without him but because he's an asshole and (laughs) christine then says like does this mean I'm a sister wife anymore? No. And she's like, and I think she very plainly and like, it's healthy for her to say like, she can't be a sister wife anymore. And she knows, you know, she's really close with Janelle and it will stay that way. And she knows that she's not really close with Mary and Robin. And that will probably stay that way. And like, I totally get that. Like she's, she understands like I am leaving the family. Yes. We have children with the same dads together, but, like, I don't need to force a relationship with people I'm not close with. And, yes, that closeness will still stay with Janelle and her kids and everything, but, like, we can't keep playing pretend that I'm in this family when I'm not. And good for her on that, you know? Nobody wants you hanging around with the exes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a little different in this situation, obviously. Um... And so they do decide that they're going to to sit down with the wives. And then Cody in a talking head says, he just wants Christine to realize that she's leaving because she's in the wrong, not Cody. Oh, uh, this bizarre ass man. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, whatever. So then we get into stuff with Isabel. She's going to college. Actually, she's been in college. She's probably starting her sophomore year currently as I'm speaking, TLC. (laughs) And so she's planning to move to North Carolina with the conspiracy theorists Maddie and Caleb. Maddie is Janelle's daughter, and Caleb is her husband. 
And I see who Maddie follows on Instagram. I see you following Candace Owens and One America News, you little bigot. <laughs> Anyways, they FaceTime with Maddie, and Isabel tells her they got into school there. Nothing special. You know, obviously she's going to move in with them, and I guess Maddie also goes to the same community college. So what the plan is is that Isabel's going to go to two years of community college there and then transfer to a university that's nearby. So that's cool. And Christine is grateful that she still has the relationship with Maddie's kids and Janelle's kids. So Maddie's kids would be Christine and Janelle's grandkids and Cody's grandkids. Um, I doubt Maddie's vaccinated. But, you know, they're close. That's good. That's good, at least. Um, And then we get, like... (laughs) more of like the wives are just like I've seen all sorts of situations happen it's like yeah it's like that almost happens when anybody gets divorced or leaves a a relationship it's like yeah all sorts of things can happen (laughs) so now they're going to tell Cody that uh, Isabel is going to leave and go to North Carolina now that they've like confirmed it with Cody or I'm sorry confirmed it with Maddie that she can live there but first we have to go back to Cody in his... Well, no, he's not of the closet. Now he's in, like, this semi, like, blanket fort that he's self-recording. <laughs> and so now he's going off on his son Garrison, Janelle's fourth son. And apparently after... Right before he was recording in his blanket fort, he got off the phone with Garrison. And he calls the stuff that they talked about on the phone stupid. Great. Love hearing that your dad thinks the things that you talked about on the phone were stupid. God. You know, this stuff about my talking to your dad about how he's not around and he treats your mom like shit. That's stupid. Oh, my God. And so we saw a lot of last season. Janelle's sons were kind of, you know, they were out in these streets being assholes. Um, they're young. I, I really don't want to make concessions for young 20 year olds that don't want to be safe with COVID like I, I I don't sympathize with them in terms of like not being safe for COVID um, it's obvious how they were the house that caught COVID first um, but I do sympathize that they are saying like we realize you you don't treat our mom the same as you treat Robin and it's even before COVID again all of this shit has hap- been happening even before COVID um and so yes like garrison had to leave the house because he was working which a lot of people had to do that wasn't a big thing like that is a thing everybody had to leave the house to go to work during covid and then also gabe was starting college he had a new girlfriend new social life and um it put janelle in a pretty bad position and then savannah their youngest was still in high school so she was pretty much like stuck at home and, like, just at Cody and, like, her brother's mercy about whatever the fuck they decide to, like, go and do. And last season, Cody wanted Janelle to, like, essentially force the boys out to move out, and she didn't want to, which I get, like, it's a hard position to be in. And um, especially she made the point, like, at that time, Garrison was saving up for a house, and he was only needed, like, a few months left. And so she didn't really want to, like, fuck with her son's stuff and, like, you know, he was about to get on his own. So then, to appease Cody somewhat, he bought a trailer to park outside of Janelle's house, I guess, so that he could live separate. But I guess, like, 
the trailer needed too much work to be done so he ended up not moving out he catches covid and spreads it to everyone like we were talking about earlier in the episode and so cody then goes on to say like he's mad because he thinks garrison is a grown-ass man that should be able to move out of his own if he wants to continue a social life are we not talking about the three grown children of robins that could be helping at home taking care of the younger kids or could have moved out um wow huh so it's garrison has to be the grown-ass man but robin's older kids don't have to be grown-ups to move out or help around your house so you don't need a nanny coming in hmm interesting anyways so apparently on the phone call that cody was on before he comes into his builds his blanket fort he said that garrison was telling him he didn't want to have a relationship with him anymore and like you know it's all because uh their favoritism and they notice it and they're tired of seeing their mom treated like crap and robin again in her talking head claims that she's tried to reach out to gabe and garrison and they just don't want to sure i don't know maybe she has also she's tried to talk to janelle again i don't know maybe and (laughs) cody then tries to get on his like and it does not read as someone who is very firmly likes to tell people that covid is not fake and i have seen how covid has fucked people up covid tries to make it sound like you know what people you may all think covid is fake but newsflash it isn't and then we get talking heads from christine and janelle and they're both like we know covid isn't real we had it christine's like i never said that covid was fake maybe some of the kids have looking at you gabe and Peyton maddie fucking dirty ass bigots sorry (laughs) but then interestingly we find out from janelle that garrison since he was in the military has already had his vaccinations already so i love to see that I, i love to hear that um and cody back in his blanket fort has the nerve to call garrison a narcissist because he's mad at his dad and I'm thinking, okay, if Garrison is a narcissist, I wonder where he w- learned that from. <sighs> and so, once again, they're making the point, and Garrison was trying to make the point as well, that like Cody is using COVID rules to just not be around. And um, Christine, in a talking head, again, she reassures us that Janelle has told her she is okay with her relationship with Cody. And, you know, Janelle says that she has... You know she gets what she needs from cody and yes they struggle but i i don't know janelle isn't as convincing sometimes but you know either way janelle says you know her her relationship isn't perfect but it's fine for her um and so i guess that after that conversation with garrison cody immediately got on the phone with janelle and demanded that Gabe and Garrison moved out immediately. And this, this is just so fucking funny. Janelle goes, what's so funny about this is, dude, you aren't even on the lease. I'm on the lease. (laughs) Seriously, Cody thinks he wields, like, so much fucking power just because, like, he thinks if he makes an ultimatum, his wives are just gonna immediately 
go for it. And I just love it. I love it. Janelle explains purely that just like, you you don't even have the power to do that. Go away. <laughs> um, and yeah, Janelle explains again, like the boys aren't just frustrated about COVID. It's the favoritism. It's the amount of time spent with Robin and the COVID is making it more apparent. And, you know, yikes. <laughs> We hear Robin says, or Janelle says, like, yes, her relationship with Cody is adequate, but it doesn't look like Robin's, but it works for her. Oh, poor Janelle. I hope she, like, finds some happiness first. I hope she, like, gets something more than adequate. (laughs) Um, And then Robin says that, you know, there's been a lot of accusations made about her and that Robin says she does not have the power that people think she does over Cody. And she gets really indignant at the idea that, like, people see that Cody favors her. And, like, she thinks that it's so ridiculous people see her as this, like, puppet master. And that Cody is making all of his choices, his own choices. And it's like, sure, sure he is. Like, I'm sure Cody is by no means consulting Robin in any of his decisions. But, like... Don't act like these complaints are invalid, Robin. Stop acting like you're just some innocent bystander. Because you aren't. (laughs) And then Cody proceeds in his talking head to call his kids a club. And you're either with them or out. And Cody then says that Gabe and Garrison are making all of his other kids angry. And so they're essentially just gossiping about him. You know, they got all the hot goss on Cody. And so that's all, that's how his family functions. Just on, just on gossip. (laughs) Um, so yeah, like, I guess there's been a line divided in the family and apparently like Mary, Robin, Cody and Robin's kids are all on one side. And then, you know, it's the rest of the family, I guess. And then Robin again tries to play the sad story like, her kids aren't a part of the older kids group. It's like a, a ganging up mentality. Ugh, it's it's not just COVID, Robin. Remember, your kids came into the family a lot older and were essentially like forced to call this man dad. Remember? Remember when you were showing pictures in like season four to your kids and that you say, who's that? And they say, Cody. And you go, no. And they go, oh yeah, dad. Yes, that happened. That fucking happened. So yeah, remember when you essentially forced your kids to call this man dad and three other women their moms and like 15 other kids their siblings? Yeah, they're going to have a little bit of a difference in their their relationship, Robin. What the fuck do you think? They didn't grow up from birth with these kids. They're not going to be as close. And Robin wants to make it sound like the rest of the kids are just mean and ganging up on them, which is not the case. Like, And again, Cody's back to blaming this all on COVID. In Cody's mind, the relationships were perfect. And, you know, God damn it. If his his wife just followed the rules and did what he said, they wouldn't be in this this mess. (laughs) (sighs) Cody. Um, Then Christine says, you know, of course she wants to move to Salt Lake City, but she has to make sure her kids are set up before she moves. Gwen, her other older daughter, is going to stay in Flagstaff and get an apartment. And then Isabel is moving to North Carolina. And then Truly is going with her to Salt Lake City. And then Isabel meets with Cody to tell uh, tell him that she's going to North Carolina. Cody's happy that it's not expensive. Okay. (laughs) 
typical dad shit, but I think he has a good reaction overall. He's he's sad that she's leaving, but he's excited for her, and he knows that she's happy and excited about it. So um, then, but in the talking head, Cody gets back to his narcissism and bringing it all back to him, and he says that she th- he thinks that Isabel is trying to leave and, and run away from the situation, and um, maybe, maybe she is. I think Cody's just trying to put more blame onto Christine. And then Christine brings up in a talking head, um, or no, this is before, she brings up to Cody and Isabel that she needs to be moved in in August and that they're going to have to drive across country. And Cody is welcome to drive with them on the move or fly. Essentially, she's opening it up to him to be a good dad and help his daughter move for college. And then, of course, in Cody's response, he can't make any commitments because, of you know, he says, we don't know what the restrictions are going to be and will gas stations even be open and stuff. I'm like, this is 2021. What? Like, and Isabel makes a point of like, we wear our masks and we don't, don't be stupid. There you go. Great point, because sometimes you have to fucking move, Cody. <laughs> and sometimes you need to be a parent and be there for your child and take the precautions you need to so that you don't catch COVID as well. Ah. Um, and then, this is kind of a sad point, Christine says that she thinks it's going to be really good for Isabel to be around a happy couple because Maddie and Caleb are awesome together. And, you know, for a while, her and Truly are probably going to have, like, a, a transitionary life, and it may be up in the air, but, like, Isabel at least gets to move to security, which is, that's kind of sad. And I've heard people make the point before that um, Christine maybe has gotten a lot more motivation to leave Cody over the last few years because she's seen her older kids that are, like, in happy, monogamous, really, or at least not, like, fundamental religious patriarchal relationships. Um, and, like, I think she's starting to realize, like, fuck, my kids actually have, like, a really happy life that I do not have. So, yeah. And... You know, she's just happy that her older kids are going to be set so that, you know, she can move off to South Lake City and and start her life. And she makes the point, too, that she wishes Isabel and Gwen had a closer relationship with Cody, but, you know, that's Cody's fault. Like, it's not her responsibility anymore to make sure that they're close. And, you know, Christine says it's devastating that they don't have a close relationship, but also he's had all of this time to get to know them previous to covid and it's gone you know he wasted it and now they're moving away and that's that's a really sad truth and um cody also again in his talking head he starts getting emotional and he's realizing isabel is leaving yeah 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 and he's making it about himself of course because he says it's heartbreaking that she's leaving under these circumstances and that she's left with such a crap relationship with him like that's christine's fault or something like and you know he's back to saying all he's ever wanted to do was you know be a a hero for his kids and just yada 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 man of the house toxic shit like that and again he has to make the point that he has worked so hard and has done everything he could and he's done no wrong here but now because of covid they are making the villain because he wants to protect his family they are making him the villain. Oh, Cody, Cody. So that's pretty much where we end off. Um, we see next week that 
I guess it's like the date of Cody and Christine's anniversary, but I guess like because they were never legally married, it's like in limbo of like when do they end the marriage. Um, then they kind of I sees they're in a group Zoom and they're talking about visiting Isabel and it sounds like Cody is trying to make some excuses. Again, Cody proving that he is shitty dad of the year <laughs> which sucks like it sucks on behalf of his kids like man that's gotta be tough and i'm sure i want to know what his older kids think i really want to know what the older kids think except Peyton. i don't want to listen to Peyton. <laughs> anyways i think that's it over an hour i've been talking damn thank <clears throat> excuse me thank you again for listening uh follow us follow me i keep saying follow us like i'm some network or some like you know there's some team behind me but uh follow me on instagram at adventures in reality tv also um i have an email adventures in reality tv at gmail.com subscribe on apple podcasts or on spotify google podcasts podbean wherever um Leave me a review, five stars only, please. If you don't have five stars, get out of here. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, next week or hopefully later in this week, I'm going to talk about Love is Blind after the altar. And then I may take a week off from Sister Wives and then cover two episodes in the following week. I'm not sure. We'll see. I got, I got plans of cooking. But either way, um, with that, be good to one another. Don't be an asshole. Bye! This has been a production of Sea Money Entertainment. Follow us on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV.